parts of the bodies all over the house, places you wouldn't think, things the heads have never been found, hands and feet and things like that, no heads. Welcome back, Scream Queens and Horror Fiends. And speaking of Horror Fiends, I have an amazing Horror Fiend here with me today. I've been so lucky and blessed to have as many guests as I have. I love it because that was the point of this podcast, people. I want any and everybody to come on, but I'm getting on a tangent. I have Marcel here with me today. Marcel, are you there? I am. How are you doing, Aubrey? I am doing very well, and I am super pumped up because you gave me a great idea that I didn't even think about. Marcel hit me up on Instagram and said, hey, I love found footage horror films. Would you like to do a top 10? And of course I write back, yes, because that's a great idea I hadn't thought of. So Marcel was kind enough to come on and we're going to do a top 10 of found footage movies today. So Marcel, uh, just tell the audience a little bit about yourself. What kind of got you into horror? What's some of your favorite stuff? No, definitely. Yeah. My name is Marcel. I live in the beautiful Orlando, Florida. Um, what got me into horror, honestly, was just growing up in Orlando, um, I found myself going to uh, Universal Studios for Halloween Horror Nights, and my cousin would work every year in Halloween Horror Nights as a scare actor, and going there year after year, kind of looking at all the different movies that they'd have, kind of inspired me to watch more horror films. And with that, you know, well, just like you, I'm 29, I grew up in the 90s, so I'm also a 90s guy. <laughs> Yep, and, best era ever, right? <laughs> oh yeah, the best decade. So I'm a huge Scream fan as well. One of the best slashers ever. Um, and yeah, so now I've kind of dived into this whole found footage realm that I am so excited to just dive into it with you as well, because there are so many found footage films out there that is just ridiculous. And there are so many good ones that a lot of people have not watched. Yeah, absolutely. So just kind of going back that is so cool living in Orlando, Florida and getting to do that it is on my bucket list to go down to like Universal on a Halloween horror night. I've been to Universal just randomly because I'm in Missouri. So like we're close to nothing. We're just in the middle of the map yeah. in some corn. So like I've been to Universal, super cool. Orlando, super dope. So I really want to come sometime. It's on my bucket list. Me and my wife are huge horror fans. So we're kind of waiting for the kid to get a little older and we're definitely going to check that off. Well, listen, I mean, you got to come down because I work at a resort, you know, you can stay at my property and then we can go over to Halloween Horror Nights because the production value they do over there is just yeah. un unreal. I'm a huge Cabin in the Woods fan. Oh, and yes. I think two or three years ago they had it there and I couldn't believe my eyes. Like the elevator scene was like insane. Yeah, I can't I can't wait because I mean, we kind of get that here. We have our amusement parks and they put they put a little into it. But when you get the name Universal and that type of thing, man, budget ain't a thing. You yeah, know, they're, so they're it's, it's all the money. and they get the most talent and that type of thing. Well, just so everybody knows, I only made this podcast to try to trick Marcel into let me come down to resort <laughs> at a discounted price. <laughs> so, this is the last episode ever. And so I, it was a great ride, people, but, you know, that was the angle the whole time. Hey, it's in recording now, so I can't go back. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's super cool. And, yeah, the found footage thing. I, horror fans usually accept a lot of things. Found footage kind of – people kind of hate on it. Like, they don't give it its due justice. I think, I think the biggest issue with found footage – with some people is they see it as like almost a crutch and I don't see it that way. Now there are some bad movies that use it as a gimmick and they're not good, but a good found footage movie, you're not even going to realize you're really kind of watching a found footage movie. Would you agree? No, I'm glad you said that. That's the perfect way to describe it. Like you said, a lot of the horror fans in the, in the genre, they see it as almost like a cheap way to make a movie or like a gimmick. But when it's done effectively with the right acting, with just the right, um, story and just people get um, very fantastic with it when it comes to how they can come up with the idea of it. It's really good for them. I love the idea of found footage because like you got to it. I don't always think 
having a shoestring budget is a bad thing. I think it pushes you creatively to do good stuff. And I, I think that's why there's a lot of hidden gems in the found footage horror realm, because there are so many movies that like you just, they don't have the money for CGI. They don't have the money to put boo around the corner every time they have to pace it well. And again, if you can kind of, if you can kind of pull that lack of a better term gimmick off in a, in a really good way, they lead to really good movies. And in fact, I mean, I really enjoy found footage. I think it's a great way for like up and coming directors to really get their foot in the door and show that they are talented enough without a major budget. So I don't ever hate on found footage movies. I actually appreciate it for what they are. Yeah. And we've seen that with the Blair Witch Project, of course, with the Absolutely. budget. I mean, and shout out to UCF because the directors went to University of Central Florida, go Knights. Yeah. Um, they had, you know, that small budget, but with the marketing and no one had really seen anything like that before. I mean, the sky was the limit and it just went off. Yeah, I, I I just think a lot of people, what they don't like about it is the fact that there was just a big boom of them and they kind of see it as a gimmick, which I'm here to dispel all that. I mean, it can be used that way, but that's the same with any type of horror movie. I mean, you could use bloody guts, bad B-movie slasher, and it's going to be a gimmick at that point. So it, it kind of does kind of grind my gears since I'm such an old man. That's what <laughs> I say now. It, it does kind of irritate me when horror people don't even give them a chance. Um, especially now, there's so many options, like streaming-wise, and that's honestly where I've seen a lot of these. I don't really go out of my way to go to theaters unless I'm really intrigued with it, just because found footage are very hit or miss for me. They're either amazing and I love them or they're very forgettable for me. Oh, 100%. And when you said the streaming services, Tubi, which is free, is filled with these kind of movies. Yes. It's, it's insane. So before we go off into the top 10, there's this found, uh, I'm sorry, there's this Facebook group. Uh, I believe it's called Found Footage Movie Group. And during this last year in quarantine, um, this is kind of when I really got into the found footage genre, like how I am now. Um, this group, they have nothing like no no bars or no holds barred sorry about that oh, that's cool. um so they literally will throw every found footage movie out there right on, on the facebook uh group and you know that's where i found a lot of these great found footage films and the funny thing about found footage films when you go on imdb i know you go on imdb a lot which is great of course we yeah. all do mm -hmm. but so me and my wife had this kind of um inside joke where if you go to a found footage film the rating is always like terrible it's always like six or less yeah. on, on imdb so what we do is like if the found footage movie that they recommend is like a six or higher it's like 10 out of 10 oh if for sure yeah. if it's if it's like a five it's like okay eight out of ten and if it's like a three or 3.5 we're like man it might be good or it's just gonna be terrible <laughs> yeah i i just think a lot of that comes from a stigma man and you're totally right to skew that type of thing because you're totally right in the in the horror industry I usually brag about how accepting and everything we are, but I think this is the one area where people will write it off no matter what, like before they even see it or even give it a chance or they'll go in and the very first shot, they can tell us found footage and they've already tuned out, which people don't do that. Like just give the film a chance, enjoy it for what it is. Found footage has some of the most effective scares ever because it's such a realistic feeling. Uh, so when it came to top my top 10, here's how I, pretty much came to my conclusions with it. Marcel, I like to kind of break down how I come up with my list. It just gives it a little more transparency. Yeah, so I'll let you go after me. Really, the biggest thing for me is like we've kind of talked about, did it feel like a gimmick? Did it feel like you only made a found footage movie because that's all you could afford? And I could really tell that's all you could afford. And it's the gimmick. I take major points off for that. So you have to really be able to get my suspicion suspension of disbelief to forget i'm watching a found footage movie and the next one would be does the found footage movie really keep me like in engaged because i think that's another thing with found footage movies that are hard to do good ones do it very well but it's very hard to have a beginning middle and end like the beginning's really scary usually and keeps you kind of going but then that middle area for found footage is a very hard area to keep an audience entertained. So if you can keep the movie, like lack of a better term, fresh throughout the whole thing, mm -hmm. you don't have me thinking that I'm watching a found footage movie until I turn it off. I was like, holy shit, I like that movie a lot. Oh, it was a found footage. 
that's what kind of got me to my top 10. What was some of your criteria, man, since you're kind of the master on found footage? No, for sure. So with me, with the movies I have right in front of me, um, it's going to be a collab, a collaboration of acting is one of the major important factors when it comes to found footage films. Because if you notice a lot of these popular found footage movies don't use uh, main like A-list actors or B-list no, actors. Uh-oh. They're always unknowns because that adds that authenticity to the movie. Like you're watching something that actually was found. Yes. And that's when that's that's a plus whenever I can see that. Two would be setting. Where does the setting take place? Is it in like in a haunted house? Is it in a haunted asylum? Or another type of movie that falls into found footage would be a, a correct me if I'm wrong, if I'm pronouncing this wrong, a faux documentary, F-A-U-X. No, you're totally right. Yeah. That's it. Or commonly known as a mockumentary. Exactly. So kind of like the setting with that. And then lastly, um, you're kind of touching on what you said, almost like not really gimmicky, but when it comes to story, uh, how can you make the use of found footage effective with what you're trying to tell me? So if I'm watching your movie, like it's the tw- like how's how's your twist going to affect the re- like the movie that came before it? So that's what I really look forward to in found footage films. Okay, so just so the audience knows, I'm not cheating. We consider mockumentaries a found footage film, correct? Uh, yes, in terms of if that specific mockumentary has kind of almost found footage elements, like whether okay. whether it be found photographs or kind of like a found video in the documentary, okay. in the documentary, and they kind of revolve the story around that. Well, let me actually, I know I usually ask the guests if they want to go first or I will, because this number five is the one that I forgot to ask you before what you thought of it. It's technically a mockumentary. I love this movie. It's actually a horror comedy. It's what we do in the shadows. Okay. Well, yay, no, I'm... yay or nay, because I have a, I have a second entry because I wasn't quite sure if mockumentary needed its own list or if that fit in as a found footage. Well, no, I think that actually falls under it. To be honest, I, I love what we do in the shadows so much. Yes, it's and, so funny. And I don't even think of it as 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 a found footage, but it is definitely, especially with the, with the, the steady cam going throughout the house, almost that, okay. that documentary style. So, yeah, I completely agree. Okay, cool. Well, I, I, I will say it was between that and uh, probably the audience is like, thank God it's what we do in the shadows because we don't want to talk about it. But kind of a guilty pleasure found footage for me that I really liked was The Visit by M. Night Shyamalan. Oh I, I, I like that one a lot. Like, oh, it gets a lot of hate, but I really like that one. It does get a lot of hate, and it has that twist in there, you know, that yes, I was talking it's about. Such, it's such a good twist, and it's so fresh because you don't know what's going Okay, I've, I've convinced myself. What we do in the shadows is 5B. The Visit is 5A. We are pivoting. What we do in the shadows, go check it out, is uproariously hilarious. Uh, if you know Flight of the Concords, go watch it. It's so funny. But I've convinced myself. We're going to change it to a more traditional one. Number five for me is The Visit. Uh, M. Night Shyamala, probably the only good thing he's probably done in the last, like, 10 years, in all honesty. Because it was one of his most simple things. But the story was so compelling. And the twist was finally one of M. Night Shyamalan's that turned, like, paid off. So I love The Visit. There's some real creepy stuff in it. Kids are really scary. Old people are really scary. Put them together. You got this movie. Oh, my God. Those old parents. The grandma and grandpa were like, oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Like, they're, I don't know, like, what's creepier. Like, when they're under the deck and the grandma comes out of nowhere and they're playing hide and seek. And she's just like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. It's so creepy. I really enjoy this movie. It starts to un unravel super crazily and you don't know what the twist is going to be but i think the twist is super grounded which is m night Shyamalan's biggest issue is most of the time his twists are so off the fucking wall that you're like what and this one is one of his more grounded twists that when it comes you're like oh man that's a good twist i like that yeah and the perfect timing with the visit it was kind of it was kind of right where m night Shyamalan people were kind of giving up on him and then he yep. came out with this and then you're like okay uh, he still got it you know, because like the sporadic behavior with, with the grandparents, you know, they're kind of just like losing it as the movie progresses. And you're like, what is going on? And then that yep. twist comes and you're like, man, that is crazy. And it's slow tick, slow burn. It's just like it goes from like a three to a six to an 11 real quick. And it, it has some real creepy elements to it. It's a very grounded film. It's a very clever idea that I haven't really seen much of. And I think the found footage 
element to this, the way they play it off is really good. You forget it's kind of filmed that way. It's very believable how they present it. I think The Visit's an excellent found footage movie. Yeah, and it's so innocent, too, because it's from, like, the kid's perspective. Yep. You know, so you're seeing it like a kid playing with, like, a handy cam and recording stuff. So it, it adds to kind of that transparency of you're just watching it. Yeah, so everyone loves their grandparents, but this one will make you think twice about them. <laughs> visit, visit is in for number five for me. So I know I usually ask who wants to go first, but I'm glad you kind of cleared that up. Just uh, I don't usually do it, but as a little honorable mention go check out what we do in the shadows it is a great horror comedy vampire movie it's a good change of pace it's a mockumentary go check it out but number five for me is going to be the visit marcel number five for you yes number five for me is going to be a small found footage film that came out in 2017 and it's actually like a whole collection of films they are called the blackwell ghosts the blackwell ghost i have not seen it. i'm writing it down so the Blackwell Ghost, what I like about this is that it follows the main character, Turner Clay. He's playing himself in the movie, and he is a filmmaker himself. He says that in the first movie, and he essentially he's trying to – he's taking a break from his like actual job, and he wants to do kind of his own side gig. So he kind of becomes almost like this journalist, and he finds this um, guy who says his house is haunted – so he does like a little side project and he almost does this kind of like ghost hunters style thing where him and his wife go stay in this guy's house and they pretty much just try to find out if the house is haunted. That's pretty much it. But what I love about this movie is that it's so simple. The guy Turner Clay is so lovable. I mean, I want this guy to be my best friend <laughs> and watching like watching a movie like that. You're like, cause a lot of found footage films have those main characters that can be very, very annoying. Especially, yeah. especially the ones that are filmmakers and they're playing themselves. A little but pretentious. It comes exactly. off pretentious. Exactly. Yeah. But Turner Clay, man. And the thing is, there's actually five Blackwell ghosts, and he's released these in the last probably four years. And it's like you're watching, like a really good, um, like Discovery Channel, like haunted house series or something. Awesome. It is fantastic. The scares are very genuine and natural, and they may seem a little repetitive as the movies go on, but for some reason his acting and like the eeriness of it and the believability that he brings to these movies just makes me want to keep watching. And the more movies he makes, there's like more interesting turns and twists in the story of the Blackwell ghost, which is essentially the ghost that haunts this guy's house. And it just leads to this crazy spiral of just like investigative stuff. It's awesome. So how how many films you said were in the Black Ghost? Uh, there are five. The fifth five. one came out this year. That was what I was going to ask. So it's kind of spanned from 2017 to now, correct? Exactly. Awesome. Well, I'm going to have to check all those out. Hey, congratulations. You are the first contestant to ever shoot me a movie I hadn't seen in a ranking. So congratulations. Your $5 quick trip gift card will be in the mail. Nice. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> that That's awesome. But I do love that. That's why I bring people like Marcel on here people like i haven't seen everything i want some good suggestions too so blackwell ghost i wrote it down in my notes i'm definitely going to go check it out so exactly why i need you guys to keep coming on the show and giving me good content like marcel is doing so great pick at number five man. and it, it's not really streaming anywhere like for free but it is on amazon prime you can rent it me and my wife definitely rented each one because we we're like man we really like that we gotta we watch gotta the, we gotta watch the next one yeah so it really yeah. gets you going which isn't isn't that bad because i mean renting a movie is better than even at the time going out to red box and wasting your gas to go to it so exactly de de definitely i mean here's the thing people low budget people especially what it sounds like with this movie this travis clay guy put his heart and soul into this thing you can throw the guy three fucking bucks like he put a lot of time and effort into these movies rent the damn movie support your local independent artist oh definitely support it yeah so definitely so number five is blackwell ghost for you i got that correct is blackwell ghost the blackwell ghost yes the blackwell ghost awesome do you got anything else on it i'm sorry i couldn't really input much i just i hadn't seen that one no it's okay that's pretty much it i mean it's just, I know there's a couple movies in the found footage uh, genre that are similar. I think there's a series called the Bad Ben series. I have not watched those personally, but from what I've read, the Blackwell Ghost is probably the better of those kind of movies. I'll be um, honest. I've seen the trailer to the Bad Ben things, and I'd probably watch them like as like enjoyment to kind of 
laugh at a little bit. They seem a little cringy. Exactly. It, it, yeah. Yeah. But it, I, I've seen the trailer for those because those are included with Prime. So it always recommends it to me. I'm like, why the hell would you recommend this to me? I'm sure it's well and fun and I'm sure it comes from a good place. So I'll probably watch them and enjoy them as long as the guy doesn't take himself too serious. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's why it's so hard when you're like the main person. You really have to just nail that role. Yeah. So black, the Blackwell ghost in at number five. Great pick. So you ready for my number four? Yeah, let's hear it. My number four, another one that gets a lot of hate, but I think it was super effective. And like, there was some really creepy stuff in it. And you'll probably know exactly what I'm talking about when I say it. Uh, It's the house that October built. Oh, yes. The doll lady is absolutely terrifying. She still gives me nightmares, man. Like, she is so scary. That was actually going to be my number five, but I squeezed in Blackwell Ghost for personal reasons. <laughs> hey, that's totally fine. Hey, I, see, I, I could feel I could feel your energy coming from here, and I knew I had to get it on there. I think it's a very underrated movie. I think it's very good. It gets a lot of hate. I don't know why. I think it's very good. If anything, just watch it for the little doll lady. She is absolutely so creepy, especially the part where they pick her up and she just like randomly starts screaming. Like it, it's very uneasily, uneasy and unsettling. Yeah. Like in the, in the, the bus scene you're talking about, correct? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, the house of October bill, I love the whole um, story behind it, how they're trying to go from like the main haunts, this whole like road trip kind of thing. And I know you've referenced the movie Haunt. That was in one of your underrated. Oh man, movies, love right? that movie. Oh, and I see, love that movie. And that's I. That's one of the reasons I put the House of October built. In my opinion, he may not have, but it, it kind of looked like he took from that movie almost a storyline. Which, hey, that's totally fine. It, it's just the stories are very similar. It's just one's done in a found footage way, and one's done like in an actual written and acted out way. Exactly. Yeah, both similar premise. But to stick with the House of October Bill, which I have not seen the second one. I've heard it. I haven't, not, I haven't either. I've heard it's not as good. But um, with the first one, yeah, I really like the idea. Kind of um, spoiler alert, this like overall haunt that's kind of happening to them, which I really, I really enjoyed that. Um, but yeah, it's a great pick for number four. 100%. Yeah. So diving a little more into it, uh, just a quick synopsis is it's this camper of people looking for like the most extreme haunted house. And, you know, they get all they bite off a little more than they can chew when they're in the middle of the Louisiana Bayou with nobody around. It's there's the for being a low budget film, like the the costumes and the makeup effects are excellent. Like just watch the trailer alone and you'll probably be really into this movie. It's a cool premise. Like you said, it's new. It's fresh because, again, I think this one was 2014. So you may see it done a lot now, but it was kind of the first to do it. The found footage aspect of it really is not a gimmick it really kind of lends into it i like the way how they used it saying like hey we're here to film these you know extreme haunts you really forget it's found footage there are some super creepy antagonists in it go see the doll lady in the trailer alone you'll know what i'm talking about but yeah the house of october bill is a super slept on movie yeah and um going on what you said i just can't believe that the way they shot it inside of the haunted houses, I mean, I'm sure they had to like ask like the people who did those haunts because, I mean, to, for a found footage film and that kind of budget, there's no way they like did yeah. that specifically for the movie. Yeah, they didn't build it themselves. No. So. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's it's really cool. And that's, you know, another aspect that I totally forgot until you said something. It's just cool to see the haunted houses because anybody who's been to like haunts and that type of thing, those people are so passionate and put hours upon hours in just for your enjoyment they're not getting paid anything they're literally doing it as enjoyment so i always try to shout those people out that work at haunts and everything because you're just doing it for our enjoyment and our fun because you're not making a living doing that oh for sure and like i said yeah i've been to halloween horror nights but i mean these kind of haunts are the ones where they you know put their blood and sweat into this and they're it's like all authentic and real and i would love to do one of these one day which i haven't just yet yeah, if if the screen queens and horror fiends are wondering what it's like to like build a good haunt, there's a couple really good documentaries that show how much people put into them. Um, one of them is called An American Haunt. That's like for home haunters who like really year round build a haunted house just for like a night for kids to walk through. It's it's really beautiful because these people are so passionate about it. And well, then there's another one that talks about haunted houses and extreme haunted houses the name is slipping me so you go ahead and make your point marcel while i look that up well actually i was going to mention that 
the house is October built, I believe is actually based on a documentary with the same name. I want to say, Oh, it very well could be. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think I remember seeing that in the special features that, uh, cause I have the Blu-ray. So, and I think it said that it's based on off a documentary. Yeah. So just, just know people like they work so hard to get those up and running and, I think it, the other one I was thinking of it's called like the art of the scare or something like that. Okay. Just, just watch those. Cause I, I love those because it's, they're just as big of horror nuts as I am. And just to see somebody so passionate and putting that much money, time and effort in just, just for the enjoyment of people. Most, most of these places don't even like charge, charge you to come in. Most of them just ask for like canned dog food or something to give to a local shelter. So really cool, really interesting. That was a beautiful tangent to go off on my number four, The House of October Built. It's a great found footage movie. For sure. I agree. Your number four, Marcel. So my number four is going to be a Korean film that came out in 2018. It is called, uh, if I'm pronouncing this correctly, Gonjiam Haunted Asylum. Okay. Uh, another one. You're two for two. You're going to sink my battleship, my guy. No, I'm sorry. The thing is that um, I do have, like, I love certain found footage films like Wreck, Blair Witch. But in this last year, I've seen so many great found footage horror films that I really wanted to give the spotlight to these because they Absolutely. do deserve yeah. a place. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's great. I'm so glad you did it. Cause even like in my last episode that is up on there, I'll plug myself on my own podcast. How meta is that <laughs> where, where we're talking about the top 10 villains. I loved having Clark on because like my list just ended up being chalk. And once we started kind of getting into it, I felt horrible. Cause I'm like, Man, these are kind of the obvious answers, but he came with some really good, unique ideas. And I love that you're coming with a Korean for, foreign film because these places need a platform to be praised. So thank you very much for doing this type of stuff, Marcel. So again, I, I'm sorry for stealing your airtime. No, it's okay. Yeah, so uh, Gunjiam, Haunted Asylum. Quick question, Aubrey. Have you seen Grave Encounters? Yes, I, I have seen that. Okay, so... Gunjam Haunted Asylum, let's say, is almost like the Korean version of Grave Encounters. And honestly, I'm going to tie both of these movies at number four because this movie is fantastic. And if you liked Grave Encounters personally, I think you might like this one even more. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be like a similar kind of movie to Grave Encounters where, except this in this case, it's a crew, um, the crew of a horror web series. They travel to an abandoned asylum for like a live broadcast, a live broadcast. It's going to be a huge event for their website. But then of course they encounter more at this haunted asylum than they, than they bargained for. So like the first half of the movie honestly was a little bit slow of a buildup because you're just following them. You're like following them on the road trip on the way to the haunted asylum. And you're like, okay, you know, just kind of get to it, man. But once they get to the actual haunted asylum, Oh my God, it is some of the best found footage work I've ever seen. Yeah, and to be honest, a lot of American horror that is really big today is usually inspired by either Japanese or Korean films. They're usually the first to do it, and usually do it much better because the American version is almost a cash grab, i.e. the ring, grudge, that type of thing, people. So definitely go check this film out, because I will also say what I like to do sometimes when I watch foreign films is the first time I watch it, this sounds super weird. And people are going, like, why do you do that? The first time I watch it, I don't turn subtitles on because it's almost scarier when I don't know what they're saying. And I just kind of let the movie play it almost. So I don't know when the scares are coming. Ooh, that's and pretty you intense. Yeah. And you kinda, <laughs> well, and you also kind of get to see the performances and like when you can't understand what they're saying, but you can like read the body language. It's that much more impressive. So that that's always kind of a cool thing to do. Some people hate it. Cause like, how can I enjoy the movie if I don't know what they're saying? Yeah. You're not wrong. I'm just one of those pretentious assholes that calls movies films. So. I might, I might have to try that though. That sounds pretty it, intense. It, it's pretty good. And it sounds like this movie would be really good for it. And like the found footage genre would be like a really intense one to do because it doesn't have the tropes that most movies do where like the music gets quiet and boo, you know, it's most of the, most of the scares are absolutely random and just like boom in your face, which I love about it. Wow. Yeah. And you know, if you're familiar with Korean cinema at all, they have like great production value. It's like insane. Mm -hmm. And uh, a little bit fun fact trivia is that this uh, film is actually the third most watched horror film in South Korea after A Tale of Two Sisters and another film called Phone. So it's pretty successful over there. The beauty when it comes to J or K horror film people is he, Marcel had it absolutely right. Like 
the they are so meticulous with their details and like framings of shots and like it's beautiful you know because american films sometimes can just feel rushed and like there's almost filler scenes you don't get that with j and k films like everything has a point exactly and also like the good thing about those um like j horror films is that you know we're not used to that kind of uh what's the word like um kind of culture that they have over there so you know what they put in horror is something that we're not used to which is why it could be a little like kind of shocking for us because we're like wow like did we just see that so that's kind of adds to that element yeah so really good pick like i said i wrote it down because if i haven't seen them i'm gonna tune into them man for sure no i hope so that'd be awesome yeah i'd love to talk about i talk about it after when you actually watch them you know that'd be awesome yeah, so definitely. So your number four, pronounce it one more time for me because I butchered it. I guarantee you when I wrote it. Down. I mean, I think I'm butchering it now too, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> it's uh, Gongium Haunted Asylum. G-O-N-J-I-A-M. My number three. I I love this movie. I They've done a lot of really good stuff. I thought this was a very, well, it's not under the radar anymore, but when it first came out, it was kind of under the radar. It, it wasn't in a lot of places. Also, if you've listened to this podcast, people, you know, I'm a, I'm a damn sucker for anthology horror films, but VHS, the first one, I love VHS so much. Oh my God. VHS is like one of my favorites. Yes. Well, even I shout out the second one's even really good. Now it kind of goes downhill after that, but the first VHS, like even the main story where they're breaking into the house and like watching all the VHSs is creepy enough, but all the tales inside of it are just so creepy and good. They're all really good, especially that first one. Just the way that actress is like, I like you. It's just so creepy with these eyes and she's never blinking. Very yeah. good movies. Cause they're the same people that have done like your next and that type of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Ty West, Adam Wingard. Yep. Those guys are awesome. And yeah, that first, uh, that first film in the series, um, I'm sorry, the first story in VHS one. Yeah. Her eyes. I was like, man, like, is there like a CGI effect going on in here? And then she like no. transformed and I'm like, no, it's like, that's just her eyes. <laughs> yeah. She just like, did a great job of like not blinking and just staring into your soul. And she, yeah. at the, at just the right decibel, it's, it wasn't a whisper, but it wasn't a talk. I like you. It was just, uh, and, and like the whole backstory of these very misogynistic guys, like it's just great. And to be honest, for being such a low budget found footage film, some of the practical effects in here are bomb. Like they're super good, especially speaking on the first one, like the transformation of the lady. I won't give too much away if you guys haven't seen VHS, but some of the transitions and transformations for her are really good for a low budget movie. Oh, for sure. And VHS one has like the plot of a snuff film, like these guys, yes. you know, like, like yeah. finding tapes, but luckily it's, you know, it's like some pretty good horror in there. Um, I mean, to be honest, I do like the second one a little bit more only. Because- I, I agree that I will say the second one, probably the stories inside of it are a little stronger, but I really enjoyed the, oh. like getting at the VHSs in that guy's house. And the, I, I really like that aspect of the quote unquote main story. But the second one probably has the best writing and the best, like back to back, like, shorts yeah i agree i mean i love both of them together like as a whole vhs viral can kind of you know stay in the closet hit or miss yeah (laughs) like there's like one or two good things oh man but i i did struggle i almost did put number two here just because the shorts in it are uh, eclectically much better like top to bottom the first movie is just so iconic it is iconic i agree i mean when you when you're first watching vhs especially that last uh short film in there with the with the haunted house and um i mean you know he's trying to get to know me aubrey but my biggest fear when it comes to anything horror is cults i hate cults yeah because that that thing's like legit like i know it kind of is getting ran through the ringer and like people are kind of like getting cult like ugh like they're just tired of hearing about it, but that stuff's real, man. Dude, yeah. Like my biggest fear is like walking to the middle of the woods and stumbling upon people sacrificing a baby. You know? Yeah, and yeah. they're just like, well, I mean, you're next now, man. If we'll kill a baby, we'll clearly kill you. Yeah. So yeah, that last short film in there really got to me. Yep. And just like the the rawness when you're first watching 
VHS one. Oh man, you're ne- never gonna forget that. And just how creepy it is. Like it'll cut back to the main story, and the guy's just like watching the tapes, and he's like, "What am I watching?" And then that old man's just like standing behind him, and then cuts uh. the next short. Like it's a very well done found footage movie. I like I said, people on this podcast know I am a huge sucker for anthology horror films, and it's one of the better ones I've seen in the last decade. Did you hear that they're releasing a new VHS? I did not. Hopefully it's good. It's (laughs) like, uh, it's coming out on shutter. Okay. So it will be good because again, let me give a shout out to shutter. I whore myself out almost every episode, hoping somebody (laughs) hears it and sponsors me. Go get shutter. They are not a sponsor people, but they're so awesome. All their original content is fucking bomb. Yeah. I mean, shutter is amazing. Like, I'm not going to lie. I've been slacking and watching some of their newest stuff, but yeah, Shudder is one of the best streaming services. And, and it's only like four bucks. Like, exactly. Compared, yeah. compared to like 20 as Netflix and Netflix has nothing good besides fear street. Like everything else <laughs> is mediocre. I, I remember going to here in Orlando. We have like a, our own comic con. It's called MegaCon. And yeah. um, I remember years ago when Shudder was first starting, I think, um, I think mayhem was coming out with, with uh, Glenn from a, uh, from Walking Dead, have you seen Mayhem? No, I so I think I've seen the poster on Shutter because if it has Glenn from Walking Dead, and it also has from Ready or Not, God, I can't think of her Some, name. Samara Weaving. Yes, uh, I love so her so much. I, I, ha- I haven't watched it, but I kind of want to because it kind of looks like a more grotesque Belko experiment. If I'm oh not. yeah, it's awesome. Is, is that what it is? I'll have to tune into that one. So I think that was one of their one of their earlier movies. And I remember being at MegaCon, and then they had like a whole Shutter booth. And I'm like, oh, what's this? And they're like, oh, you know, sign up for our streaming service. And, you know, I'm like trying to sign up for it. And then they're like, all right, just put your credit card here. And you know how we are. We're like, uh, you know, I'll pass. Thanks. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> Well, if I if I would have known, I would have been that into it. I probably would have signed up a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, and they, and they probably would have been like having you as an executive producer at this point. You know? Oh man, <laughs> God, you could have flown me to your resort, could let me meet all the Shutter directors. God damn it, man! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that is a very good point. Uh, VHS, I think it's great. Hopefully, the new one, since it's in Shutter's hands, it can be done well. I think the third one was just rushed because they were just trying to capitalize on it the It was. Money. And they had, honestly, some great ideas. Like, some yeah. of these ideas were fantastic. And then when they started panning out, you're like, why did you go that route? With that? Yeah. Yeah. But the new VHS, I want to say, is called VHS 19... 19- 90 something i want to say interesting that would be cool that that would be cool i'll be tuning into it because i mean i'm not going to miss a good anthology like i'll watch one and there's some anthologies i was like god i wasted my time but i'm such a sucker for them man like they have to be really bad for me to hate them to not like them yeah yeah so my number three the original vhs barely beating out its predecessor and number two vhs2 they're both great so go check those out marcel what is your number three so my number three is going to be one of those faux documentaries that we talked about. And I had a hard time between two of them, but the one I chose was the 2015 film called Savage Land. Savage Land. Okay, man, you're three for three. Savage. I know. I'm so sorry, Aubrey. <laughs> don't, don't apologize. It's great. These are ideas for me to watch and that type of thing. And it clearly is saying, hey, Aubrey, you need to brush up your found footage game. So do not yeah. apologize. And that's why I'm here. You know, I want to, uh, you know, shout out these found footage films to the world. So hopefully people can check them out. Yeah, totally. So sorry about that. Savage lands. And you said it was 2016, uh, tw- 2015, 2015 explain Savage Lands. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to read the description here on IMDb for you guys. Uh, when a small town near the Arizona, Mexico border is wiped out overnight, suspicion falls on the lone survivor, but a roll of photos the survivor took that night tells a different story. So hmm. a lot of people love the movie uh, Lake Mungo. Are you familiar? Yeah. I, I, I will say this. I did not like Lake Mungo. So I, I couldn't get into it. I like Lake Mungo, but I'm kind of like you. I couldn't really get into it. And it's I, different. Like at that point, like it's so documentary that it's almost like, why wouldn't I just watch a real scary documentary? Exactly. If that makes sense. No, that, I, that, that I, does make sense. 100%. I get where they were coming from. Like artistically, it just by 40 minutes into it you're like so almost lack of a better term bored because it feels like a pbs exactly so that's the thing that a lot of these like faux documentaries when it comes to the found footage things found footage genre they they kind of feel like that and at first they're not for everybody of course but i don't know something about them kind of keeps me reeling in but i did watch one recently uh sorry to go off on a tangent (laughs) but nope not at all we're good did watch one recently because it came out this year 
I believe it's called Howard's Mill. And that one didn't do it for me because, you know, I kind of like Lake Mungo. I love Savage yeah. Land, but Howard's Mill that came out this year wasn't doing it for me. The acting wasn't good. And it was kind of like, I don't know, too forced. But going back to Savage Land, um, it's honestly going to be kind of like that style of Lake Mungo. But for me, a little bit more interesting. I mean, okay. literally, there's this border town, like, you know, Arizona, Mexico border, and it just gets ravaged by who knows what you don't even know but you have the pictures these guys this guy took and he took like 25 pictures of like a roll of film and you know this whole town just gets destroyed i mean the people get destroyed and he's the only survivor so the town the rest of the town is going to pin it on him so this whole movie this guy not, not i'm not gonna spoil anything but this guy's pretty much you see him being interrogated thank you he's being yeah, like interrogated um and saying like you know, why did you do this? You know, he's like, I didn't, I didn't do it. You know, I had the pictures. I was just, he was pretty much just um, capturing the whole night. He was trying to go from place to place around the whole town. And then as a story progresses, you see these photos and it kind of leads to this thing of like, was he like a scapegoat? What really happened that night? And the pictures themselves are some of the most creepiest. I don't even know how they took these, but some of the creepiest pictures I've ever seen. See, I could get into that. I, I feel going back to Lake Mungo thing, like, the, their only scares in it were kind of like putting a girl in a picture in, in the video and they're like, she shouldn't be here just so you know, it's like, but there wasn't anything really creepy or anything to, in my opinion that happened enough. When you make a movie that artsy and that like into that aesthetic, you have to have one or two really memorable scenes or images. And I just felt like Mungo didn't have that. So I'm excited to check out Savage Land because artistically I did not mind the fact that they tried to make it like a documentary like that. Yeah, and I agree with like Mungo. It was kind of like you see this picture, and then later they're like, "Oh, there's actually a ghost like to the right," and you're like, "Oh, there yeah, she is, you know." I, there's a certain demographic that will really love that movie. It just didn't do it for me because, again, like I said, if you're going to go that slow burn and that slow pace, you got to have one or two scenes that like stick out in my mind, like, "Oh my gosh, when that happened, whoo!" And this that one never really did it to me. So Savage Land sounds like some of the imagery and stuff like will have me happy. I, I hope so. Yeah. Cause I mean, th th those images are like, in, like they're in my brain for like the rest of the time. And, um, I really want to actually rewatch it one of these days, but, uh, just the acting's really good. That's really important when it comes to these kind of movies, you know, when it, it's almost like a documentary, the acting was on point and you really feel for the guy. And then when you're seeing these pictures and people talking about it, like no one really knows what happened that night and people are just trying to find, you know, like that, that, that scapegoat. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's one of the scariest things as a human, you know, you got to think about like, it, it, think of this guy in this situation, like this horrible thing has happened and there's no way to explain it besides like blaming me. That's gotta be a terrifying feeling. So that sounds like a very interesting dynamic. Yeah, for sure. So I'll be excited to check out all three of these, man. Like so far again, back to back weeks i have guests come on my show and embarrass me and i'm not nah, appreciating that. that i'm not appreciating this at all clark destroys me in the villain one you're coming with these ones i haven't even tuned into yet so i'm super excited to watch those man so we'll we'll get to a list nobody cares about which is mine <laughs> number two for me a lot of people it's caught a lot of like cult status like it really has uh, it stars one of the most beloved, like, kind of indie kind of guys who I'm a big fan of, Mark Dupless, Creep, the oh. first. Love Creep. Creep is so good. It's, it's like, one of the only, I don't know, it's, it's kind of hard for me to explain or articulate. It's one of those movies that I'm such a lover of slasher movies. It almost feels like one of the only, like, found footage, like, true slasher movies. But oh. there's only, like, two people who die in it, I think, or maybe just one. Exactly. I mean, you're you know, worst nightmare, accepting a Craigslist ad and, you yep. know, you're like in the realm of a serial killer. <laughs> and Mark Dupless just does a fantastic job of being just uneasy enough. Like there's so many times in horror movies, you're like, I would, if I met a guy like that, I would never talk to him again. But Mark Dupless just seems like he plays it so well. And he's so convincing in the fact that it's like, he's just a little weird. I'm going to give him a chance. The check cleared. I need the money. And man, like, just it descends and it is a slow burn it's a gut punch and it's the ending is phenomenal to this movie so i i, I know a lot of screen queens and horror fiends have probably seen it but as a found footage movie creep is hard to beat for me 
without spoiling anything, give me a reminder. It's been a while since I've seen it. The ending with the bench? That's yep, the first the Indi- one? Okay. Indian's okay. on the bench, and, and one of the creepiest scenes in the middle of it is where he's trying to leave, and Mark Duplass has on, I don't know, it's like the perfect wolf mask. It's like just, <laughs> it's like just crude enough. And he's just slowly shaking his head when he's trying to leave. It is so creepy. So creepy. And, the, and this guy is just like, please just let me leave. And like, man, you you guys got to watch this one. It, there will be an uh, an audience member that's like, who the fuck recommended this? This is so stupid. <laughs> and that's okay because it is definitely, it leans more to like an artsy kind of aesthetic. But man, the payoff in the end is so good. The performances are great. And man, they made a sequel that I had no expectations for and thought it was going to be horrible. The second one, again, is almost just as good, if not better, than the first one. Yeah. Creep 2 is amazing. Yeah, and like we talked about earlier that, you know, some of the found footage films that have those known actors don't always work, but something about yes. Mark Duplass, and he's just like the indie king. He's, yep. I mean, he just makes it work. He's a fantastic actor. He just plays it really low-key, but then he just starts to go a little crazy. Yeah, and- I'll be honest, man. Like, I halfway through the film... I forgot it was Mark Douglas. Like exactly. totally, totally. Like I was so immersed into his character and like the first couple times you meet him, it seems like you're watching him off the league, you know, which he's so funny in. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it starts to descend and he just kind of gets this look in his eye and like just slowly cranks up the creep and in the name, there you go. Slowly cranks up the creep and it just gets in the protagonist the whole time. You're like, don't go back. Don't go back. He lets you go. Don't go back. He has bad intentions, but the guy just, doesn't want to seem like he's being rude because he's just a little weirdo. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's it's a it's a great movie for only having probably two or three actors in it. It's a very effective found footage film. The performances are great. It's something on paper that sounds like it shouldn't work, but people, it really works. No, and that, honestly, that's a great number two. Um, Creep. I mean, honestly, Creep is one of those really good found footage films, and you guys got to check it out. It's a really great number two pick. Yeah, it's kind of one of the only ones that, like, even people who don't like found footage are like, oh, bro, I love Creep. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, people, like, just go watch some of these movies because you're going to find another Creep. There's a reason it came out and I think, 2016, and it's only getting popular, like, now. Because people are finally given a, a chance and, like, oh, shit, that's a good movie. Yeah. Especially with the rise of uh, TikTok. I mean, uh, I'm not, I don't know if you're on TikTok, but I'm, I go on TikTok mainly for, like, a lot of movie stuff. Mm-hmm. And a lot of movies that came out years ago get so much traction because of tiktok somebody will be like oh i just watched creep on netflix and then everyone's like oh my god what's creep what's creep and it just like just picks up yeah and that's definitely i i think that's one of the things that helped is it kind of got put on major streaming platform like netflix and you know i was just bashing them for not having any good things here it has number two (laughs) on my list fucking netflix but anyways yeah, so it's it just gets an opportunity on Netflix because there's so many times people are just bored and they're just like, oh, creep, and turn it on, and you will be you know blessed for watching this movie. It's yes. it's great. It's a very good found footage movie. It leans more into the ultra realistic, almost slasher aspect. So it's it's a definitely unique vision, but it works. Yes, I agree. So number two for you, Marcel. All right, finally one that. I'm pretty sure you've finally one I think you've seen. Oh, great. Now I'm going to have it and everyone's going to hate me. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, hopefully. So uh, my number two movie found footage is Hell House LLC. Okay, I have seen Hell House and it is very good. Yes. So Hell House LLC, that's my number two. Um, the Hell House two and three, um, they, I like them separately for different reasons. For me, Hell House, the first one is kind of overall my favorite number two, I think personally has better scares. And then number three, for some reason has the better acting. If I remember correctly for me. Um, yeah, I, I haven't seen the third one. I'll be honest. I've seen the first and the second one. And I was so underwhelmed with the second one that I haven't even turned into the third. Yeah. One. And I can see that. Cause when we were watching the first it, one's so good. Exactly. So good. And, and the whole um, like interviewing thing and the news station kind of like slowed things down yeah uh, it just it wasn't it wasn't my cup of tea but yeah keep, keep going with llc because sorry yeah of course yeah so the first hell house oh going back to kind of like what we're talking about with the haunts like house of octoberville and haunt um this kind of does a similar thing where it's this group of uh people friends actually they come from the city of new york and they go to this smaller town probably up north and they find this um hotel called the abaddon hotel and that's where they're going to have their haunt for the season. And the friends, they're setting up 
this haunted house and they don't really know what's going on, but like the history behind the hotel. But the main guy who does a haunt kind of knows everything, but he's kind of suspicious about it. He doesn't really want to say anything. He pretend like he doesn't know. And essentially they open up this haunted house and then can I curse on this podcast? Fuck no. Yes, you can. It's 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 a, it's explicit, bro. Perfect. So shit goes down once they open yeah. up the haunted house. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I'm always telling people, hey man, just talk how you want to talk. You can cuss on here; it don't matter. So I, I just kind of talk freely. So yeah, no, of course, shit does go down. Like, <laughs> that's probably putting it in the mildest terms. Yeah, and what I really like about Hell House is kind of going back to that how you interpret the twist when it comes to a found footage film. They start off with kind of interviewing this girl in the beginning of the movie who was a part of that friend group who was working the haunted house. And then they're interviewing her and it kind of cuts to uh, the footage that they find um, of like making the house. And then that's when you see a lot of the haunted stuff going on in the house. Yeah. It's, it's a really cool uh, dynamic almost being nonlinear, but it doesn't take away from it. I know when you say it's a nonlinear story and found footage, you're like, that would be, you know, convoluted as fuck. No, it's, it's actually really good. And it's a very interesting way to tell it. Exactly. Cause they also do cut, they go from like the, they go from like the future, I'm sorry, the present to the past. Yep. And then they kind of throw in that kind of like B footage of like the news roll from, yep. like, from outside the house. So it was really interesting the way they did that. Yeah, Hell House LLC is very good. I, I think the second one, probably if I rewatched it, I wouldn't hate it as much. It's just the fact that the first one is so damn good that the second one was just so underwhelming. Uh, so I, I might have to give it a chance or tune into number three and maybe it has some saving grace for me. But yeah, Hell House LLC is phenomenal. I, I'll be honest with you. I totally forgot about it. I wish I kind of didn't because I would put that in my top five probably. Oh, no, for sure. And the important thing about the Hell House franchise, I think, is more of the lore behind it. Because when you start to watch two and three, it kind of explains a lot of the things that are going on. And there's actually a pretty decent mythology behind everything. And it gets it gets a little interesting with like the guy who used to own the hotel and what his plans were and what he wanted to do. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure if you like the first one, everyone's probably watched the franchise except for me because I'm lazy, clearly, <laughs> and only watched the second one. But I'll definitely rewatch the second one and watch the third one and kind of see, you know, as a trilogy, how it kind of works. So definitely. You got anything else on Hell House? Yeah, I do, actually. They're yeah, keep going, man. They're coming out with a um, a series, I want to say on Shudder, called The Abaddon Tapes. And yeah, there we go. It's going to be, I believe, six episodes, and it's going to be a, a prequel to the whole Hell House uh, movies. Awesome. Shudder, I am, I am your dirty little whore. And <laughs> keep making the great content, and I will keep promoting you for free. Because they put out some great shit. Like, I would have I would have never thought, just on a tangent, that there would be another good creep show. And, man, I dig creep show on Shudder so much with Greg Nicotero. And oh, everybody. I haven't seen it yet, man. Yeah, oh, man, you got to tune into them. I oh, do, man, I they're do. So, they're so great. They're so great. So, Shudder, keep being great. And I will keep shelling out five dollars a month. Nope. <laughs> so a- anything else? That's awesome to know. I did not know that. I probably saw the title and didn't even put two and two together. No, that's pretty much it. Other than the clown is probably one of the most yes. ter- terrifying things yes. I've ever seen. Where actually that found footage group. I'm sorry, that Facebook group I told you about. Somebody actually bought that and put it in their house. Why? I don't know. Do, do they not understand that they're coming out with a prequel and they're going to be part of that horror movie when that thing <laughs> comes alive and kills them? Why do you tempt fate? I would never put that in my house. I literally <laughs> tell people that shit all the time when people are like, oh, this is how you want to go in? Fuck no, I don't want to go in. <laughs> like, that's how horror movies start. Exactly. I've seen them. Like, I don't want to be part of that. Yeah, is this Cabin in the Woods? Are you under the, yeah, influ- exactly. are you under the influence right now? <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, no. Like, you guys can go play Scooby-Doo in there and get disemboweled. I'll stay out here. That's funny. Yeah, so definitely. Hell House is very good. I honestly kind of forgot about it. It's a really good hidden gem that is slept on. Hell House LLC, if anything, you'll like that one. But check out the franchise for sure, too. Especially now that that prequel is coming out on Shudder, and Shudder does everything great. So, I'll be honest. My number one, everyone's going to know, it's the Blair Witch Project. Like, it's it's the granddaddy. It's the OG. I put it on here just because I'm a 90s kid and I want all the young kids who listen to me back. Like, oh, I fucking hate that movie. Well, screw you. It's the whole reason we have found footage now, which is a great genre uh, piece in horror. And I love the Blair Witch Project. I still think it's really good. I hear your complaints out there. Well, you don't get to see the witch. 
I don't care. Like, I still love it. I think some of the scares are really effective. I think the pacing of it's amazing. Like at that point where they come out there and just find the tongue in the bag, like it just, and at the time, nobody had seen anything like that. Like this was before they were selling the found footage and based on a true story type of stuff. So us idiots in the nineties thought it was real. Like that's where we come up with the found footage type of category. Cause they sold it as, Oh, we found this camera in the footage and us idiots in the nineties ate it up. Like, Oh my God, this is real. Like, so it's only once you grow up and you're kind of like, Oh man, I got duped, but Blair, Witch, it, it's the OG. It's always been my favorite found footage movie. I still watch it all the time. I think it's amazingly paced. I think it really kind of pushed that subgenre forward. And there's still tropes that were done in it that are still being done today. It was made on a shoestring budget. I, I think still as of today, it's the most profitable movie of all time because they made so much money putting so little into it, which just goes to show atmosphere and a vision can really go far. It's got to be. Yeah, that or Paranormal Activity. One of the yeah, it's, it's one of the two I can't remember. Yeah, but it's probably Blair Witch for sure. And uh, going to, back to what you said, where um, the, the witch did and people were complaining because they didn't see it. I think a lot of people now, especially the younger generation. Um, oh, my God. I sound so old. Yeah, um, I know. Get <laughs> off my yard. Yeah. Get off my yard. Yeah. Uh, they just, I think, are just desensitized because think about yeah. it. When we, when we were younger, we didn't have Netflix. We didn't have no. um, all that stuff. So, you know, they have all these movies to look and nothing like they've seen everything. So nothing's going to scare them like it used to. Yeah. But regardless not seeing the witch isn't that scary enough not knowing where she is like not seeing yeah. it you know like i mean blair witch is one probably yeah the best it's not my number one for reasons yeah no i i got you man it's kind of one of those where it's chalk and you've already come with the heat on so many of them it's kind of like it's almost one of those i almost wanted to start the podcast by going everyone knows blair witch is the og it's no. not on our list and we're going to keep going but it's important to bring up and just, i mean technically it should be number one on my list but you know the way the route i went but yeah. Uh, I know when I was, let me see, I'm 92. So when I was seven my or eight, my mom took me to City Walk, Universal Studios Theater. I remember this like it was yesterday. And mm. we went to go see the Blair Witch. I was eight years old and I was terrified out of my mind. And that is instilled in my brain forever. As oh, well. yeah. Well, I'll, I'll also, you made a really good point. Kids today are so used to seeing things. People, I know you as a younger generation probably haven't thought about it whatever you can think of in your mind is way scarier than what they can show you. That was the point of the Blair witch. You never got to see her. So she was the most terrifying thing ever because it was, it's, she was what you thought of. She was your nightmare that you made her. She was either this big, like scary, spooky witch, or she was this big, tall linky thing. It was whatever's nightmare fuel for you. So anything I could think of in my mind is much scarier than what I could produce or show you. Exactly. And man, I've seen a lot of people like people will post videos of found footage films and they'll have Blair Witch number one. And a lot of the comments are, wow, it's not even that scary. I'm like, man, you guys need to. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's also one of those things that it's kind of like Scream gets a lot of flack today. It's, it, you know, I've said it with all my guests on here who love Scream, you kind of had to be there. Like, I get it now. Scary movie lampooned it so much that it's almost a laughing stock or it's like you're, oh, it's a cool movie. But it's like it's a watershed moment. That's exactly what Blair Witch was a watershed moment that created a new subgenre for, you know, horror that really showed, Hey, if you have passion direction and just an idea, you can make a great movie that people are going to love. Oh yeah. So yeah, I know it's chalk. We don't have to talk much on it because everyone knows Blair witch. And again, like you said, everything, there's so much like found footage movies now that, with it being the OG one, everyone's kind of like, this isn't scary. This isn't good. Well, the reason it was good is because we hadn't seen shit like that before. So, and the marketing know, was just, yep. Chef's it was kiss. Perfect. perfect. Yeah. Yep. Chef's kiss. I mean, everyone carries a phone with a camera on it now, like in the nineties, like maybe an aunt or uncle had a video camera, like nobody had cameras and stuff. So for them to be like, Oh, this is found footage. It was just like, we didn't know how that technology works. So we all thought it was literally, it was found real. Footage. Yeah. <laughs> So it's it's still a great movie. I mean, yes, it's a little dated, I guess, but fuck you, I grew up in the 90s and it's still great to me. Oh, yeah. So, all right. The reason we are all here is for Marcel's number one because mine ended up being chalk. Marcel, drum roll, what is your number one? My number one is 2018's Butterfly Kisses. Butterfly Kisses. I have not seen that. 
So it's going to be on the opposite end of the spectrum of Blair Witch, where Blair Witch was the originator. In my personal opinion, I think Butterfly Kisses is like the meta found footage film. It's okay, like, so it's almost like the Scream version of found footage. It's like, yeah, it's like the epitome of found footage, in my opinion. This is, okay. Of course, this is my opinion. This is what I think. Yeah, well, that's great. I tell people art is subjective, man. The whole reason we're on here is for opinions and that type of thing. Nobody's getting smashed for their opinion or anything. For sure, yeah. So Butterfly Kisses is about um, it's a filmmaker. He discovers, he finds uh, a box of videotapes depicting two students' disturbing film project featuring a local horror legend called The Peeping Tom. And then he sets out to prove this story is real and release it as a work of his own. But he loses himself and the film crew following him into his project. So it's like off the bat, it's already super meta. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, disclaimer, the main actor in this is a little annoying. But... <laughs> This time it actually works, which is kind of funny. So uh, it works because you hate him so much, but it's like it works perfectly with this film. So this filmmaker essentially finds this like box of videotapes in his, I think, mother-in-law's basement. And it's these uh, kids who were in film school uh, and they were doing this like uh, documentary or film project about the local mythology. And he kind of, and then this movie is so meta because it takes all the elements of found footage and puts them all together and works it so well. Like the, the peeping Tom character is absolutely terrifying. The premise behind that is that you have to, so listen to this, Aubrey, uh, in the movie, the, the two film students, the mythology is, or the, I'm sorry, the, the legend is that you look down this like railroad, you know, those like enclosed railroads. Yeah. Look, no, thanks. <laughs> yeah. So you look down it and you have to like, uh, not blink for like, I don't know, how, however many minutes. And then you, if you hold that for so long, you're able to see the peeping Tom at the end of this railroad station. But once you do that, every time you blink, he gets closer. Oh, yuck. That's awesome. Dude. But like even my visceral reaction to that is like, oh, yuck. Just thinking about that. Yeah. So you're watching this filmmaker, you know, make his own film. And then it also cuts to like the, uh, the, the students footage and then it's going back and forth and every time but the thing is they get a little interesting because they use a camera and they look down the, the hall of the camera and the peeping tom is stuck to the camera so every time the camera turns off he gets closer in the next footage aha okay dude it that's is very freaking interesting awesome yeah that that sounds super interesting man i appreciate you coming with that type of heat because again that sounds like a movie i've slept on and haven't seen it sounds amazing yeah, if you can get past the main actor, you know, he did a great but, job. <laughs> but yeah, I, I mean, that, that's okay. Like, if I always say, if somebody's annoying you, they're at least making you feel. The worst you can have is like somebody you're indifferent about and like, I could care less what happens to him. Oh, like, for sure. Like you said, if he's so annoying, you're wanting the peeping guy to get him. That's still a reaction and I'm still emotionally invested. So you don't always have to love your antagonist at all. Exactly, yeah. And I'm not saying I don't like him. I'm saying that He's just annoying. Oh yeah, but he does it on purpose, and it is man. He he really he really nails it. <laughs> well, that's that's actually pretty cool because if it's as like meta as you say, most type of filmmakers like that. Hey, I know you guys are listening. I'm sorry, but you're all kind of like pretentious most of the time and a little annoying. So it sounds like he fits it perfect. He does, yeah. I mean, uh, this movie, yeah, it was one that we saw during the quarantine, and I, it's that one's been in my head as well this whole time, and it's. One of the one of the best ones out there. That's super creepy because like in Missouri, we have a lot of like railroads that are like they're not in effect anymore. So like that's just creepy to me because those are already scary enough. These dilapidated like railroads, like just thinking about looking through a covered. Exactly. It's covered. It's the ones that are like kind of like in like the mountain or whatever. Yeah, it's like a barn or something built over it. Or you're talking about the one like built into the mountain. Built into the mountain. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's even worse, too. Yeah. Now that thing's going to fall on top of me. So, I mean, Butterfly Kisses, man, that actually one has me pretty juiced. I'm definitely, do you know, is it streaming anywhere or anything like that? Um, let me see. I, it says uh, you can watch free on IMDb TV. Oh, okay. So just some commercials in there. That's all Yeah, but I, it could be somewhere else. Well, that's okay. Like I said, I support like indie people. So even if it is a little bit, I'll buy it. It's just sometimes when it comes to like universal stuff, it's like they have enough money. Like Blumhouse, you have enough money. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. You, you guys are doing fine. Well, so 
what I will do, do you got anything else on it? Because, again, I'm sorry I can't input on besides how awesome it sounds. No, it's okay. I don't want to give anything else away, but, I mean, cool. I think that premise enough should kind of get yeah, people and, going. And while he was talking about it, I just IMDb'd it, and, like, the poster itself is kind of terrifying looking, to be honest. So yeah. I'm definitely checking out Butterfly Kisses. Well, Marcel, I really appreciate it. Let's recap our list, okay, man? Yeah, for sure. So, number five for me was M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. Number four was The House That October Built. Number three was the original VHS. Number two was Creep with the amazing Mark Duplass. And number one is the OG Blair Witch. Screw you, it's my podcast, and that's what I want being number one. Yeah, and uh, my number five was The Blackwell Ghost. Number four was Gonjam Haunted Asylum. Number three was Savage Land. Number two was Hell House LLC. And then number one was Butterfly Kisses. Well, man, I, I, I say it like not even trying to be sarcastic. This is the second episode in a row, like, the list on here has been amazing by my guests. So I could totally see why you wanted to come to this list because you're so passionate about it and you got some deep cuts that sound awesome. So thank you very much, Marcel, for being on. Of course. Thank you for having me. I hope you can check these movies out and maybe we can talk about it uh, later on, whether you liked it or didn't, you know, we can just have a good conversation about it. Yeah, for sure. And if you ever want, come on, do another top 10, feel free. Just hit me up. You got my contact info, man. Once a horror fiend, always a horror fiend and always welcome on here, man. For sure, brother. I live vicariously through you, man. I'll be at the gym. <laughs> I live. I, live, I, I want to do a podcast. And I live. I work out at the gym. I'm on, on the treadmill, and I hear Nightmare on Elm Street's overrated. I'm like, Aubrey, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know? man. <laughs> I, 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 here's the thing. Like, I want to make it personal, so I, 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 I give those deep cuts out there. So I, I'll, I'll put it on wax again, people. I think as a franchise. I think it's the most overrated. But I love the first Warriors movie's great. So much. Yeah. Well, hey, here's the thing. I think there's a lot of guilty pleasure in there. For sure. But I, I'm saying, like, when they get held up with, like, Halloween and Friday, it's like, man, like, it's, there's one really solid movie and the rest are campy fun ones. You know what? But yeah. you sold me, though. I mean, you really, you know, persuaded me to kind of actually believe you. And, you know, I, I, I admit it. It is well, a overrated, you know? And the, well, just as a franchise, not the first movie. No, I'm movie. sorry, the as a franchise. Movie, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. The, the, the first movie's immaculate. I love the first movie. Yeah. But it's just after that, it's kind of like, ugh. But yeah, I, I will gladly have you on. Hell, we're talking about it right now. We could have done our episode. We can do the top 10 most overrated franchises, man. There you I, go, could actually, yeah. I could actually sit down and actually think about it. Well, man, I think once you hear this episode, you're going to realize I should do a podcast because you were amazing. This episode is going to be awesome. And once it's all edited up, you're going to get that, you know, feeling of being like, man, I can do this. And you'll realize it's so much fun, man. So if you ever do start your podcast, Hit me up. I'm here. I'm going to plug you. I'm going to come guest on. You come on here. Plug the thing. Because like I said, I'm building the community here, and you are definitely in it, my guy. 100%. I appreciate it, Aubrey. Thank you so much for having me again. No problem. Well, that is going to do it, Scream Queens and Horror Fiends. Just please stay scary. <laughs>